We begin in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, your brothers and sisters in Christ on this wonderful new year, on this wonderful Sunday. Uh, how many of you, by show of hands, how many of you made New Year's resolutions? We got, that, wasn't, that wasn't even a hand, that was a finger. I do like that though. I, it's like, yeah, yeah, okay. Um, um, how many of you maybe didn't make a resolution, but at least thought through some things you might do differently in the coming year? Is that, okay, okay, okay. So you're all non-committal, I get that. Your new resolution should be, I'm willing to commit to something. So, but, okay. So you've at least, I mean, it's at least in our minds, I think, right? I think this is a time of year, unlike any other, where we not only are looking back, but also looking forward. Um, it's a time where we consider, we say, okay, what are my priorities? What are the things I'm going to invest in, in the coming year? I think, I think that's pretty common for, for each and every one of us. Um, but here's the problem. What your coming year is going to look like, we have no idea, do we? Right? I mean, we really have no idea. We can, we can, we can take the things that have happened, but, but it's very hard to know what's around the corner for each and every one of you in the coming year. We might be able to glean a little bit, but not mass amounts. Here's a really fascinating thing, and some of you have maybe seen this. Uh, Google, at the end of the year, end of every single year, um, puts out some lists of the most searched things that we had in our world, okay? So, I can't tell you what your coming year is going to look like, but thanks to the wonders of Google, we can kind of look at what the past year brought through what we were searching for, okay? So I brought a few of those lists along for you here. I brought three of them specifically. So top 10 searches from 2022. Number one, Wordle. Do you know what Wordle is? Okay, no, some of you are saying, nope. I did, I was like hardcore into Wordle for like two and a half weeks. <laughs> I was all about Wordle for about two and a half weeks. That was about it, so, right? Um, but look through some, I mean, um, so these were the top 10 searches that we made in 2022, right? Individuals on there, some significant things we searched for, some insignificant things such as Wordle, right? Okay, top 10 searches. Top 10 news story searches, okay? These are the things we wanted to learn more about. Election results, Ukraine, Hurricane Ian. See a few of those. Okay. And here's our last one, top 10 people searches of 2022. Yeah, some of you are you're laughing, you're giggling at this, right? Johnny Depp makes number one, Will Smith, Amber Heard, Antonio Brown, right? Down the list. Okay. So were you in any of those searches? <laughs> okay. Some of you are like, no. Yeah, you were. We all were, right? There's a reason Google takes everybody's searches and says, these are the top keywords that we collectively are punching in, right? So whether it's out of curiosity, whether it's out of interest, um, maybe we just want to find out legitimate information and news, these were the things that we were searching for. Now, out of those three lists, there's a couple things, there's a few things that popped up on multiple lists, and I pulled them out for you here. These are the ones that showed up 
on multiple lists across multiple searches, okay? And I think we can glean a little bit. Now, I'm not going to go so far as to say that, that our Google searches, your Google searches, are going to give us an incredibly accurate picture of who we are as Americans. But I think, I think it can give us a little bit of insight into who we are in the culture around us, okay? So these five showed up at least twice, um, showed up on multiple lists. So first one, Powerball numbers. How many, how, yeah, you're like, okay, yeah, some of you, yeah, some of you, okay. Uh, put in for Powerball numbers. Okay, so what do Powerball numbers, and I think even Mega Millions showed up on that one too, which is another one. Um, what can that show us? Uh, well, well, I think on, okay, well, we'll just say it this way. We would like to be millionaires, right? <laughs> okay. That's not, a bad, that's not necessarily a bad thing, right? Um, but, but maybe it, it gives us a little insight into our desire for a degree of comfort, of distraction, right? Just to be able to have the freedom that comes with unlimited finances, right? So that's our first one. Second one, Johnny Depp and Will Smith, they both pop up on there twice. Um, are they on there because of the quality of their movies? No. They're actually both good actors, right? We've enjoyed their movie. Like, we've, we've enjoyed their movies, but they did not show up in 2022 because of any of their acting skills, I don't think, right? Uh, but because of other incidences, right? So, so maybe that gives us a little insight into um, we love watching train wrecks, right? We search for train wrecks in people's lives as long as it's not my life, right? Okay? So we like, we like to watch from a distance as long as it's, it's not me, right? Third one, a little more significant, election results, right? Uh, um, who has been elected? Um, what party will be in power? What future do we see this political party bringing for us, right? So election results, number three. Fourth one, Queen Elizabeth. Right? So she shows up twice. Um, if any of you are, are like me or my mom, we, we sat and watched on World News Tonight, they do the in memoriam, right, of everyone that, that died in, in the past year, right? And I think the very last one in that whole list was, was Queen Elizabeth, right? So, uh, so the, these are ones where, where we have lost people, right? And, and those searches maybe at times are celebrities or politicians, but, but you've lost people, haven't you, in this past year? And that is significant, right? And the last one we see there is Ukraine, right? So war. Uh, as we were waking up this morning or even last night, you probably saw that there was a fresh barrage of missiles that were lobbed uh, at Ukraine from Russia, right, on New Year's Eve, New Year's Day. So what do you think about the list? I don't think it's actually too bad, snapshot of who we are. We like a little bit of escape. We wouldn't mind being millionaires, right? We like watching train wrecks and problems, but only from afar. There are significant things like the direction of our nation. We genuinely mourn when we lose loved ones, right? When they are gone. And lastly, we recognize that our world is remarkably broken, and that includes war. Maybe not here in America, but in Ukraine. And so I think in this list, we, we see some things that we would write off and say, well, that's very light, that's very easy. But I think there's some significance there too. There's some depth to it. And it gives us a little bit of a snapshot of what our world looked like, our culture looked like over this past year. So what will 2023 look like, you think, for searches? I'll give you a hint. 
it's probably going to look pretty much the same. The names will change. Maybe some of the topics will shift around. But I'd be willing to bet 2023 will have some of the very same things that were a part of our human condition. I think that's the point on this New Year's Day, right? Um, On a day where we consider a fresh year in front of us, maybe New Year's resolutions, when we look back, we see the whole spectrum of the human condition, right? Things that are important, lives that are broken, and sometimes people that we've lost. Today, our text is going to walk us through those topics, right? Um, It's going to be, be remarkably transparent and honest about the human condition. And we get that from the very start of Jesus' birth and his, his earthly entry into our world. So that's where we're headed today. Um, if you are a studious person and you really like bullet points and where we're headed, uh, this is where we're headed, loosely. Uh, so our theme, as I mentioned, is the path forward. So we're looking at what is in store for us. Um, but our text is going to point out three different things today. We're going to talk a little bit about pain, about suffering and brokenness talk about God's plan, and then lastly, God's purpose for us in the coming year, okay? So that's kind of where we're, where we're going to be heading. So uh, you're welcome to follow along with me if you'd like. Uh, I'm going to begin by reading our very first verses. We're going to read verses 13 through 15. Uh, so you can find it in your bulletin. I'll have it on the screen for us here this morning as well. Um, but before we jump into it, Um, understand maybe the setting of what's happening. So uh, if you were with us on Christmas Eve, we heard about Jesus' birth in a manger in Bethlehem. Uh, Today on this New Year's Day, we've kind of fast-forwarded a little bit. Not incredible amounts of time, uh, but we estimate maybe as much as two years later uh, is where our text takes place for today. So Mary and Joseph are still in Bethlehem. Uh, they're no longer in the manger, no longer in a feeding trough. Presumably they'd found a place to stay because they had been there longer, right? Um, they're still in Bethlehem when an angel comes to Joseph and Mary and says, uh, your life, this birth that didn't st- start out real glamorous and glorious is actually going to get worse, okay? So let's jump into our text this morning. As I mentioned, you're welcome to follow along with me. Read verses 13 through 15. Gospel says this, When they had gone, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream. Get up, he said. Take the child and his mother and escape to Egypt. Stay there until I tell you, for Herod is going to search for the child to kill him. So he got up, took the child and his mother during the night and left for Egypt, where he stayed until the death of Herod. And so was fulfilled what the Lord had said through the prophet, Out of Egypt, I called my son. This is how the birth of Jesus, the birth story of Jesus, really begins. This text, uh, and even this Sunday at times, has been called the Slaughter of the Innocents Sunday. It's not a very catchy term for the Sunday, right? But we understand why. As we read our text, as we saw our text, we know what happens, right, in our text. We know what happens at the birth of our Lord and Savior. And yet, I'd venture to say almost, there's very few pastors and churches uh, that maybe are going to go with the slaughter of the innocents service, right, for their Christmas or even their New New Year's Day, 
And yet the reality of it is, is it's there for us, isn't it? When you think about Christmas and you think about the birth and the story of Christ, um, what words come to mind? You can holler them out. So you're thinking objectively about Jesus' birth story, Christmas. What words tend to come to mind? Angels. Angels. Wonderful. What was that? Incomprehensible. Incomprehensible. Wonderful. What was that? Joy. 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 a good one. Peaceful. Peaceful. Yeah. Shepherds. Right? Wise men. Proclamation. Right? Angel hosts. Humility. Humility. Yeah. I, I, I would guess all, in all of those words are in our text and are in the birth story of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Those are absolutely all there. But here's the reality. There's some other words that are there too. And they're not as easy, right? We see them in our text here today. There's pain. And there's murder. And there is power, right? And there is fleeing and homelessness and poverty and fear. These are all things that are in our text, aren't they? At the birth of our Lord and Savior. Now, if you were planning out to share a story of the birth of your religion, you maybe would keep those words out of it and just keep in the ones you mentioned. <laughs> Peace, joy, love, angels singing. Right? But I think we can be glad that God did it. Because in the birth story of Jesus we see the full spectrum of the human condition. We see the reason why Christ took on human form. It wasn't because life was so hunky-dory. It wasn't because everything was going Mary and Joseph's way. In fact, it was the opposite. It was because of the brokenness of their lives, of our lives, and the brokenness of the world into which Jesus was born that Christmas had to be. Today, that's what we get to look at a little bit. Recognize the suffering and the pain that is in the world and at times even in our lives. Herod's probably our example of that. Uh, if you know anything about the history of Herod, um, let me just, I'll paint a small portrait of Herod. Um, he was terrible. That's probably as far as I got to go. But um, he was worse than terrible. Uh, um, um, he, he was in charge of all of Jerusalem, uh, but he wasn't Jewish, so he had no uh, real love for the Jews that were there. The only thing that Herod loved was holding on to his power, okay? And he did it brutally. So he murdered one of his wives because he thought she was scheming to take his throne. He then murdered all three of her sons because he thought, well, they're probably going to scheme to get my throne. Uh, he murdered mother-in-laws. He murdered father-in-laws. He murdered cousins. He murdered entire uh, um, um, political parties. He at one point murdered half of the Sanhedrin, which was the entire religious ruling uh, um, structure for the Jews in Jerusalem. Killed half of them just because he thought that they were going to challenge his power. So Herod... Was that a decent summary? Was terrible. He was, right? Um, and yet, what we have to admit is, I, 
Herod is probably not necessarily outside of the norm of what we have seen within our world and will see again. Someone that was willing to do anything, anything necessary to hold on to power. In our text, that's exactly what happens. Why would a seemingly innocuous report of a of a king to be born in a backwater city called Bethlehem upset Herod. To be honest, why why would it have? It seems so insignificant, so small. Even the Israelites didn't have time for Jesus born in Bethlehem. So Magi came from the east, but the locals had no interest. They weren't flocking to Jerusalem. They weren't clamoring at Jesus' feet saying, Hail, King of the Jews. They they were not there. They weren't surrounding and filling up Bethlehem. Some magi came from the east and offered him treasures, right? Conveyed to Herod why they had come. But in in the radar and the spectrum of Herod's political life, you would think that that Jesus, this small child to be born, would have been remarkably insignificant. And yet... It gives us insight into where Herod's heart was and what he valued. What he valued more than anything was power and control. So, even the smallest rustling of a leaf in a forest drew his attention. As he lived in his castle, (laughs) even the smallest uh, um, hint or idea that someone had been born that might take away his power Um, brought all of his wrath forward. I think we can understand why on this level. Because what Herod valued more than anything was that power and that control. And he was willing to fight for it. Anyone, everyone, family members, small children in Bethlehem, did not matter. I'll fight you for it and I'll kill you for it because I'm not giving it up. We aren't Herod, but there are times when we are willing to fight for something, to battle for something that aren't necessarily the priorities that God has given us. The Old Testament has a term for this. We call it idolatry, right? And we think, oh, that's an Old Testament word. But it's absolutely true for us too, isn't it? When we raise something up, Herod, it was power and control. Maybe it's our finances. Maybe it's even our own family or our children. Uh, maybe it's respect we engender at work. Uh, maybe maybe it's, it's any number of things, right? Our, our, our youth, our ability to produce, our, our vibrancy, all of these things, when we raise them up to a level that are bigger, broader, and more significant than the Christ child or than Christ himself, then it has fit the definition of what we call idolatry. And when your idol is threatened, you will fight. You will. We will. I will. When our idol is threatened, we will fight for it. Right? Paranoia will set in. We'll demonize people that have loved us our entire lives. We'll isolate. We'll separate. And at times, that can give us insight into maybe where our hearts lie and where idolatry has crept in. In Herod, we can see it just flat out. It's easy to see Herod's idolatry and what it led him to. It's a little bit harder for us, I think, at times. But I think, it, 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 I think we ought to, at times, ask of ourselves and our own hearts, 
Are there things that are creeping in that are supplanting Christ on his throne and taking his place? And if you ever want insight into what might be creeping up onto that throne, ask yourself the things that you'll fight for, that you'll battle people for, that you'll maybe even put to death relationships for, right? So I think we can understand it. I think we understand the brokenness around us in general. The truth is, I think we understand the brokenness in each and every one of us. If we did a top 10 search for your specific life over this last year, what would be on that list? I think there'd be some good things there, things that we're remarkably thankful for, right? Marriages, maybe kids, right? Loved ones around us, maybe the gift of of a job and a career to be able to take care of the people around you. But I would also guess in your top 10, you would also see pain and suffering, loss of loved ones, diagnosis of disease, impending surgeries, all of those things. We would see the whole human condition, the good and the bad, the easy and the hard, right? Well, we see that in our text here today as well. This world is painful at times. Uh, I don't know if some of you have seen these over the last couple months. Um, it's an it's a advertising campaign um, from a group that says he gets, it's the, I think it's hegetsus.com. And specifically, it's talking about certain aspects of Jesus and his life that maybe are a little bit, a little bit less uh, um, obvious at times. This one I saw just in the last week and a half, and it got my attention. There was a mother and a father who had a son. They lived in a small village and didn't have much money, but they were happy. One day, they heard the head of their country was sending soldiers to their town because he thought they were part of an insurrection. The young family decided to flee. They grabbed only what they could carry and ran. They hiked for days, wondering if soldiers might still be following them. They were scared, hungry, and exhausted. But they were far away from the atrocities taking place in Bethlehem. That's all Mary and Joseph wanted, a safe place to call home. How many of you have seen some of these commercials? Yeah. Um, it's one of the biggest uh, Christian advertising pushes in recent years. And I'm not, I don't actually know the background of the group that's put these all together. And some of them I've enjoyed, some of them have stopped me and, and, and I've paid attention to. This one specifically, though, um, I think rings true, especially considering our text here today, because that's exactly what they're talking about, right? God understands pain, suffering, and brokenness. Jesus understands your pain, your suffering, and your brokenness, and he did so from the minute he entered this world. As Mary and Joseph fled to Egypt for their lives, and as all the children in Bethlehem were put to death, right? God absolutely understands the depth of the brokenness of our world, and at times even our own lives. That's our first point. Your God above, your Savior Christ, 
He knows pain and he knows suffering. But God also has a plan for us. Let's continue on with our next uh, few verses here. So I'm going to read verses 19 through 23. After Herod died, an angel of the Lord appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt and said, Get up, take the child and his mother, and go to the land of Israel, for those who are trying to take the child's life are dead. So he got up, took the child and his mother, and went to the land of Israel. But when he heard that Archelaus was reigning in Judea in place of his father Herod, he, he was afraid to go, to go there. Having been warned in a dream, he withdrew to the district of Galilee. He went and lived in a town called Nazareth. So was fulfilled what was said through the prophets that he would be called a Nazarene. I don't, maybe not necessarily the plan that Joseph and Mary had mapped out for their young family. Right? Uh, traveled to Bethlehem, giving birth in a manger and a feeding trough. God coming to Joseph and Mary uh, through the form of an angel and saying, you now need to flee to Egypt, so now you'll become refugees. Right? And finally, when the angel says, you can go back home, it's not actually to the place that they necessarily wanted to go. If you notice from our text, they come back and where do they want to land? Well, in Israel and specifically in Jerusalem. And so you think a little bit about the plans God has for us in the coming year. They're not always the plans that we would write out on a piece of paper. If I had you map out your coming 2023 right now, and then we looked at it, Again, at the end of 2023, my guess is there would be some differences. I think if we had asked Mary and Joseph to do, to do the very same thing, I think they would have found incredible differences. Right? Giving birth to the Son of God, and yet it's in Bethlehem in a manger. Right? Within two years of his life, having to flee to Egypt, be able to return home. And fascinating enough, where does... Joseph and Mary want to land in Jerusalem, but they hear that Herod's son Archelaus is reigning, and so what happens? They have to go back to Nazareth. I think it, it's not uh, going too far to say that everything that Mary and Joseph had planned was not necessarily what was coming to fruition. Right? And I think that happens with us as well. But here's the really good news. If you've ever gone skiing, this is skinning actually, and a little cross-country skiing to the top and then presumably downhill from the top. What does this picture tell you about where those folks are headed? You're saying, I don't know. <laughs> Uphill. Uphill, okay. I would argue this picture tells you one thing and one thing only. Someone's already gone there. Is that fair? Okay, because they're following a path. If you've ever gone skiing, I've gone skiing, sometimes you go off into the woods, and, and what, do you, what do I do? Because I don't want to get lost or injured. I follow other tracks, right? And maybe that's a good illustration for what the year ahead has for us. We don't know exactly what plans God has for us. We don't know exactly where he's going to take us, and yet we know without a shadow of a doubt that he walked there first. Specifically, born in a manger, fleeing to Egypt, ultimately death on a cross, and resurrection. 
And that's the comfort we have. In our pain, in our sorrow, we have a Savior that knew those very same things, but walked that path on our behalf. He has not gone where we haven't gone. And in fact, He has blazed the trail for us. And it leads to forgiveness, leads to heaven, and leads to eternity. So what plans specifically does God have for you in this coming year? I don't know. But I know He's been there. And I know He knows where you're headed. And I know that He is going to use even the pain and the suffering and the heartache ultimately for your good. One last point. Read verse 15, 17, and 23. Just pulled these out for us today. Verse 15 says, And so was fulfilled what the Lord had said through the prophet. Verse 17, Then what was said through the prophet Jeremiah was fulfilled. Verse 23, So was fulfilled what was said through the prophets. Your Savior understands pain. He absolutely has a plan for you. The last thing is, he's got purpose. You see that in this word, fulfill here. Uh, it's actually the, the Greek word, pleireo, which uh, um, maybe a better picture of that is um, when it had come to full completion, right? So nothing that was happening in our text today was happening by accident. As horrible and as hard and as tragic as we might say it was, God said, this is exactly what must have happened. Prophecy was fulfilled. It was brought to completion. What comfort does that have for you and I? It means that God keeps all of his promises, not just the ones in our text here today, but all of them. And his promise to you was that he would lay down his life for you on the cross, and that's exactly what he did. It was fulfilled. This is maybe a better picture of the, the fullness of what that word means once again, do we know where that ship is headed? No. And it seems like the Caribbean and very sunny and beautiful. <laughs> it could be a stormy scene as well, right? But that sail is full. And that's good news, isn't it? Because when the sail is full, it means you are moving in a direction. That's the very same thing that Jesus gives us in our text, God gives us in our text here today. Fulfilled, play ra'o, right? We are not moving aimlessly through this world. God knows exactly where we are headed and there will be storms and there will be blue skies, but our sail is full because of Christ, because of his life, because of his word. In fact, our first reading today uses the exact same word, play ra'o, right? Fulfilled from Galatians 4.4. It said, but when the time had fully come, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those under the law that we might receive adoption to sonship. And so what is the Apostle Paul telling us? This is exactly how it had to be, right? Our Savior taking on human flesh into our brokenness and our pain so that he could make us full and fulfill prophecy and ultimately our eternity. And so... As we sail into 2023, what do we get to sail with? I think with all the things that come with knowing Christ. And here's the thing, it's going to change some things, right? It may not be searches for Powerball, right? 
but it will be exactly what God intends for you in the coming year. It will be peace. It will be contentment. It will be the knowledge that uh, no matter how good or bad this coming 2023 is, that Christ did what was necessary to forgive you and to assure you of, of eternal life. Paul knew that, reminds us of that, our adoption into his family. I think that's a beautiful thing to remember as we go into 2023 as well. I don't know what the path is going to look like. I know there will be some pain, there will be some suffering, but there will also be joy, there will be beauty, there will be peace, and in Christ, find contentment. Amen.